Moncrief on News Talk. Hi, here's a little something just for being you. Thank you. Okay. Would you like a Sprite Mini? No, no, that's okay. Good, got it. I got a hundred dollars, Hey, hey, so we were just shooting a a little TV show over there, and we were just getting a shot. Um, But that hundred dollar bill was all I had, so how about you give it back to me, and I'll go get change, and I'll buy that whole six pack from you for $20. She's not giving back to you. You gave her the money. It's a done deal. Oh, come on. That's not fair. I'm going to buy the whole six pack. It's fair. We do. No refunds. I'm going to buy the whole six pack. There's a sign. Is that your dad? Can you tell them? I'm going to buy a whole six-pack. Can you tell them? I'm going to buy a whole, the whole six-pack here. Here. Give it back to her. It's okay. It's okay. You can't do that or I'll curse you. You know what? I curse you. Well, okay. that sounds scary enough, doesn't it? That is from The Chorus. Uh, new episodes every Saturday on Paramount. And James Dempsey's here to tell us more about it. That does sound very scary, James, I must say. And it's a hilarious comedy. <laughs> right? So it comes from um, two creators, uh, one probably better known than the other, but both kind of cult creators at the same time. Uh, Nathan Fielder is who we heard in the clip there. He co-wrote this with Benny Safdie and he stars in it, um, as does Safdie as well. Fielder is probably best known for he he had these two comedy series. He's kind of like this started on kind of late night comedy in the US. He is Canadian and he has this sort of alternative, awkward styling. And he had a show called Nathan for You, where he would uh, act as a consultant for people and come up with really madcap ways for them to you know, increase their business that were hilariously cringy and awkward. And then last year he had a show on HBO or whatever it's been branded wherever you are in the world uh, called The Rehearsal, which in which like it was kind of a blend of therapy and reality TV and odd, very odd, but very yeah. interesting. And Safdie uh, is probably best known for Uncut Gems, the tensest oh, yeah. Adam Sandler movie you have ever seen in very your life. Very hard to watch. <laughs> right? I found that very hard to watch. I didn't watch all of it. I won't, oh, well, no. now you can watch 10 one-hour episodes of, of their comedy stylings oh. put together, right? So I was reading a couple of reviews of this after I watched the episode and you know, in it, one of the um, reviewers was saying, like, this is immediate Marmite TV. You're either absolutely going to love it or you're absolutely going to hate it. And I was reading that thinking, I am literally on the fence. I I just cannot decide what my thoughts are on this because I, I watched the opening episode when, you know, over the weekend and it has stayed with me because... It's a, such a strange comedy. So, it, you know, let me go into what it is yeah. actually about, right? So it co-stars uh, Fielder and Emma Stone, the that Emma Stone, Oscar winner and, uh, you know, soon to be second time nominee or whatever, the second time frontrunner uh, this Oscar season. And uh, they play a couple named Whitney and Asher Siegler who are making a show for HGTV. Now, HGTV is home and garden television. It is a real thing in the US it is exceptionally popular yeah. but we just don't really understand it because we don't have it but it's just kind of like homemaker over shows on steroids to the max flipping things and blah 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 so they are a couple and they're living in this town in New Mexico and they are creating a pilot for their own home flipping show called Flipanthropy where they are basically gentrifying <laughs> the neighbourhood and Safdie plays Dougie who is the kind of absolutely uh, unscrupulous uh, TV producer making the whole thing. And in this opening episode, 
what we heard is they get cursed by this, by a little girl by this little girl selling uh, cans of Sprite in the car park. And I'm led to believe that the curse actually doesn't even kick in till the end of the second episode. So the absolute misery and awkwardness that they ring out of the first one isn't like that's a, just normal life. That's just that's just <laughs> like the warm up, right? So. It is it, like it is a comedy that is all derived on incredibly awkward social situations. But what makes it kind of um, so unique is just how long they stretch out of it. Right. So okay. like that scene there that we heard, uh, you know, where yeah. we heard the curse being put upon him. I mean, the whole thing runs probably for like five to seven minutes of this hour long okay. TV show. It is just pulling like the whole pulling the thread constantly yep. without any kind of let up. Is that anything like just going through my my mind to say like the office because the office it pulls things <laughs> apart for days. Yeah, and let's face it, they're brilliant. Yeah, like if yes, right, and like the office kind of brought the British office. We'll say right, it yeah. it, it ushered in this area, this era of like cringe as yeah. part of sitcom being very very funny. That I would say was then carried on with like Peep Show and things like yeah. that. Right. This is like that if it was trade spotting, right? It is like absolutely and utterly relentless in its discomfort. I mean, right. it was really like, I, you know, I, I'm almost glad that I, I didn't have any more episodes of it to watch because I could imagine if you, if you had yeah. to binge it, like I often have to binge things for this slot. I would probably <laughs> not be in a fit state to talk to you because it's just so right. overwhelming. Even yeah. like, even just the bit of music we heard there, right? The the soundtrack, the scoring is really uncomfortable and awkward. The way it's all framed in the show is, you know, like um, shots are often through windows or re- reflections in mirror or like the table to the left. You know, it's all yeah. kind of off kilter, off uh, it's all just off, right? Everything about it just feels slightly off. And yet I want to watch it, <laughs> you know, yeah. despite that. It's a very odd, odd TV show. Whether or not it'll be in and my top of the year where's remains Anna to be Stone seen. in it? Because she's such a star. Yeah. For such a, it sounds like a so, left I mean, field. She, she is the female lead in this, right? So she is, uh, she is the wife of, of Nathan's Asher. She's Whitney. Uh, she's like a kind of, um, in the show we're led, we, we understand that her parents are, described in this car crash interview they do with local news in the first episode as like slum lords in Santa Fe. Uh, this is all set in a town called, a, a real city called Española in New Mexico. And she is doing this kind of very brittle acting that she is excellent at. She has this, you know, she has real, um, she has real good face acting skills in the sense that she has, you know, she's very manipulative with her eyes and, you know, the purse of her lips can, 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 you can infer an awful lot of what's going on inside. And she and he are, are kind of relatively newlyweds in the show. They've only been married for a year. Their marriage uh, seems to be on 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 thin ice even already. already before this curse is put upon them. And obviously, then there's the stress of trying to make this show, which is all about taking you know um, taking shots at reality TV in general. Yeah. But like the whole kind of role of white saviors coming in to the you know to this town, which is obviously uh, predominantly Latin, you know yeah. Latino town, but with like. Uh, local Native American tribes as well and, and saying, oh, you know, we're building you this house and creating these jobs, but they're all completely gentrified and silly and and ridiculous and not in any way going to lift anyone up. And yes, it's a comedy. 
<laughs> it sounds fascinating <laughs> at the very least. I think people, without, you can't really give it a recommendation. All you can do is say, try this. Yes, and, and you may all I can it. say. And you may not. You may not. Um, right, we're on to our second one, which is Culprits, which is streaming at the moment, all episodes on Disney+. Plus. Take a listen to this. This is Titus Wainwright. He was a mill owner, an extremely wealthy one. About a hundred or so years ago, Titus hired this man, Ernest Morello, to design and build him a vault. Morello was a genius. His vaults were way ahead of their time, unbreakable. So Morello built Titus a vault, and they hid that vault in the depths of a building, hidden in plain sight. And for years, Titus squirreled his wealth inside it. But as the industrial boom ended, Titus's star waned, he liquidated. And so the vault was cleared out and abandoned. It was sealed up and forgotten. For much of the 20th century, the property above it was used for offices and retail, with nobody knowing what was hidden below. So, is the vault still there? Yes. But it's empty now? No, it's not empty. A whole new generation of fat cats has unearthed it, resurrected it, and repurposed it. To hide their wealth? Exactly. And you brought us together to rob it? I did. So a team of, of crack um, experts in, in stealing things have been put together, <laughs> that old... Pretty much, but yeah. It, it is a heist drama, right? And, you know, roughly I think around this time last year, Netflix released this. This is a Disney Plus one. Uh, Netflix released their own one. It was called Kaleidoscope. And the gimmick of that one was that each individual Netflix account would get the order of episodes in a random order, right? So you might, and, and like, it was a total gimmick because you cannot watch any series out of order. <laughs> it's, like, it's all the same, right? Yeah. But um, this, uh, you know, when I compare this to that, this is a much more thrilling, interesting and like satisfying heist show that maybe goes on for two episodes more than it needs to. Yeah. But that's kind of a very modern problem, right? So it is created sure by is. a man. <laughs> I know, I know. It's created by a man named Jay Blakeston, um, who is probably best known for directing the film uh, I Care A Lot with Rosamund Pike about two years ago. But he has worked with Gemma Arterton, who we heard doing a lot of the um, expository reading yeah. there in The Disappearance of Alice Creed. And... Um, they got she she plays this woman named Diane Har, uh, Harewood or Harwood she's brain they all have nickname or they all have code names that they only go by so she's joined by muscle and officer and greaser and eventually by specialist who's played by Mullingar's own Neve Algar who steals the scene in really? absolutely every episode that she's in she plays like uh, she's a character who is called specialist who's sort of a military yeah. specialist who all of the others call psycho behind her back Mullingar Mullingar Joe Dolan has <laughs> Under pressure now, is he? <laughs> there's, there's no show like oh a deep show. Oh my god! So uh, we follow the main character of the show named Joe. He is Muscle, also known as David. He's played by Nathan Stewart Jarrett, who people would know from The Misfits. And where we find him, or where what I think works so well in the show is. Um, each episode is split across across three different timelines. So we have before, during and after. And where we meet him first, it's after, three years after this heist has taken place. So we already know in the first episode that the heist is successful, okay. right? But what works very cleverly throughout the kind of run of the series is uh, we learn that it doesn't go to plan while they're doing it okay. and how successful has it been, etc. And right at the very beginning, um, various different members of the team are being murdered by another actual Irishman. Uh, Ned Dennehy is his name. Yeah. He plays this absolutely psychopathic murderer. And he's going after each one of the team one by one. And there's just, you know, it's, there's uncertainty and intrigue about who's who's in, who's behind all of this. It is a very stylish, well-made, 
heist and I found it very, very compelling. Okay, so I have to say it sounds great and I'll be willing towards it. Uh, to James, thank you very much for your recommendation of the um, last stop, the Larma on yeah, uh, Netflix. <laughs> um, most bizarre and brilliant documentary. I've seen that's Kieran in Cork. We have our third one now is 007, uh, 007, excuse me, Road to a Million streaming on Amazon Prime at the moment. Take a listen to this. You're in the Inner Hebrides, some of the most rugged and beautiful islands in the world. Buried here are said to be the remains of over 40 Scottish kings who ruled these lands in the Dark Ages. One of these kings was immortalized by Shakespeare. What was that king's name? Hamlet? Richard III? Macbeth? Hamlet definitely was a dangerous. Hamlet is that, the, that, he's Hamlet the one who speaks to the skull, isn't it? Yeah. With the, ha, ha, with Hamlet was a prince Macbeth, for a start. Macbeth's the witches, isn't it? The witches are around him. And yeah, all Macbeth's that, Scottish. Yeah. Well, I get that with the name Mac. But the thing is... Is Richard III a Shakespeare play? Yeah. Yeah, Richard, yeah I mean... R- 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 Richard, Richard III is the, the disabled king. I don't remember anything about him being Scottish. I, t- I feel like he's an English king. Well, I think a lot of people listening to that will take heart about their knowledge of Shakespeare. Um, I certainly do. Um, sounds uh, sounds very intriguing. Brian Cox, obviously. Yeah. And uh, this is more. you know all right. So basically, imagine you're the broccoli family and yeah. you have the rights to uh, James Bond as a uh, as intellectual property, yeah. and your last actor has just gone. I'm not doing any more of these. So you wound up with him, and you can't figure out what you're going to do next. And Amazon says. We'll just give you a load of money <laughs> to make Fair a reality enough. TV show. And you go, yeah, grant. And Does that's anybody the- ever say no? <laughs> no, right. So that's what they've done. So essentially, the way they bill it is there are nine pairs of people who we heard there are the Bone brothers, uh, aptly named James, one of them, James and Joey Bone from obviously London. And in the opening episode, we see them uh, take their first steps on the road to a million because each pair has the potential to win one million pounds sterling. And to do that, they have to go on what are classed as James Bond-esque missions. So Brian Cox delivers from a sound booth <laughs> somewhere <laughs> these uh, cryptic instructions yes. and they have to go in search always of an aluminium suitcase, yeah. which they then open and has a question with three potential answers that they have to work out. Yeah. And I have to, the, my jaw nearly dropped when I saw, heard that first question on how easy it was. Yeah. But then they get much, much, much more difficult. Now, while you're doing this, um, <laughs> if you're watching this, you know, on Amazon Prime Video, Amazon has a thing called X-Ray, which is on the interface when you pause it, it'll give you little facts and Easter eggs of what's going on. Yeah. So so they are la- laying, leaning heavily into the James Bond lore here because they yeah. tell you like, oh, this is filmed, uh, you know, this is filmed on a, on a location. They're using the car that they used in Dr. No. The circles on the screen are supposed to represent this, blah, blah, blah. And maybe if you're a big Bond aficionado, you will really enjoy an awful lot of this. If you're not... It's a kind of odd little amazing race uh, meets Taskmaster meets Are, are, are these um, real humans or are they celebrities? <laughs> these are real human beings. So they would be happy to win a million as they opposed would be to delighted. celebrities who would notice. They would. And, and, but but it, um, they, they have to get through multiple challenges. So they start, yeah. I think, with just the first question for £5,000 and then the next one is 25000 And they are whipped off to very exotic locations. We heard the Scottish Hebrides there, but then they go to Venice, then they go to the Amazonian jungle. All right. Then and they go, you know, all over the world, yeah. uh, you know, on Bezos's on uh, uh, budget. And frankly, they've thrown an awful lot of money at this. And it is 
Absolutely grand. Okay. Absolutely grand. <laughs> yeah. Oh my God. It's Raved. as close to the middle of the road as you can get. <laughs> yeah. yeah, it's completely acceptable. <laughs> Wow. Right, down to faint praise. Sorry, yeah. If ever I heard it. All right, fair enough. So, and um, what do they expect messing around with the, with the, know. the 007 <laughs> you know, moniker? Barbara Broccoli, how dare you? What are you thinking of? Uh, James, thank you very much thank uh, you. for that. Moncrief, weekdays at 2 p.m. on News Talk.